This is David Bateson, the voice of Agent 47, and you're listening to the Xbox Expansion Pass. Welcome one, welcome all to episode 85 of the Xbox Expansion Pass, recorded on Sunday, June 6th, 2021. I am your host, Luke Lore, the Insipid Ghost. In this episode, I'm joined by Matt from Ensemble to chat about E3 2021 and the promised land of game announcements on the horizon from Xbox and Bethesda to Ubisoft and WB. Enjoy. Yet another week of gaming is upon us and behind us. Welcome to XEP, discussing all things in the Gamerverse, as they pertain to the Xbox ecosystem. And as I am wont to do each and every week, I like to start the show by offering words of kindness to those who have made my gaming week better. And this week, the words of kindness go to my guest, a content creator who consistently puts out the best work, brings the energy, brings the positivity, and talks about all things superhero, WWE, and more my man, Matt from Assemble. Thank you for joining me, my dude. Thanks for having me. I am thrilled that you are here, dude. I am thrilled that you are here. Tell people about your content because it is a joy for me each week. Well, it's thank you. I very for me, I'm very excited to be here because I legit listen to uh, this show like every week and it's it's in my rotation. So this is really, really awesome uh, for my show. It's you know, we've been. We, I have been on YouTube for just over a year, and content is primarily focused nowadays on a lot of the latest gaming news, so like like we're talking about E3, and kind of drilled down into the games that I enjoy playing and what's at my fingertips right now, but it's a little bit of everything, covering from Marvel's Avengers, yes, that game, and it is still alive, and there are dozens of us, Luke, that play it. Dozens, That's right? That's you, right. me, and at least at least a few others. Four to five other people still play it, um, and then some of the WWE 2K news that's coming out and the latest on that game because I'm just a huge wrestling fan at heart, so I always love to cover that, and a lot of the stuff that's just coming out, whether it's going to be any of the E3 news predictions, things like that. Um, even more recently, like after after this show, I'm actually going to be doing one on Halo Infinite and doing a little predictions on that side. So yeah, it's a little bit of everything. And I'm just I'm having a blast doing it and talking to the community and being with everybody and interacting with like you and everyone else in the community online. It's really been awesome. It's your show is great. As somebody who is all about superheroes and, and stuff like that, and the nerdy, the nerdiness, uh, it's awesome to jump up there and check out a Falcon and the Winter Soldier episode review, or you know, the Justice League review, things like that. Talking about uh, different gaming aspects from Ratchet and Clank to Halo Infinite, uh, it's awesome, man, and so well produced. And you've only been doing it for a year. Yeah, self-taught too, my friend. <laughs> so, oh man. So learn learn as I go. But uh yeah, I, I've been I watch a lot of obviously I watch a lot of content online, stuff that I enjoy, and I enjoy, you know, variety of different creators and their podcasts, and I love even things like tech reviews and looking at the production quality. And I just wanted to take the things that I enjoy and try to put my flavor and spin on it. And I I wanna make sure that I'm trying my best to put out the best quality content that I can um, 
hopefully I can hit the facts and the figures and, you know, the information and have a good conversation with everybody that's watching or listening. But yeah, I've just been since day one, I'm like, I just want to make sure that I'm putting out the best quality I can and, and constantly just try to push, 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 push. Um, because if it takes me three hours to put out a six minute video, uh, at least one to two people are going to watch it. And that's awesome. And that's kind of enough for me. So hopefully well, people enjoy. I, and and I, I'm sure they do, man. And I will take a little bit of personal pride in saying I was among your first 100 you followers. And, yes, and you're now north of, of 2000. That's incredible, man. I'm so proud, proud of you. Happy for you. It is uh, awesome to see you grow. And, and don't forget us little guys, you know, once you get up there, man, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I am still very tiny, tiny. Well, likewise, sir. I caught you. All this is uh, thanks to Snowbike Mike, because you and I connected through the Twitch and enjoyed your content there and then discovered this show. And I yeah, I just I legit I pack, pat you on the back because the show is fantastic. It's it gets into a lot of the I guess the nitty gritty that I enjoy listening to. I love the opinions and people's takes on certain things, but I love when you're coming in with like just the quality and the depth of material and news coverage and yeah, just your insights and everything and the interviews. Those are fantastic. Thanks, man. And it's kind of cool uh, to see that some another content creator connected us. Snowbike Mike, obviously exploding with popularity. It's his uh, I'm sure he's uh, yeah, he's too good. He's too good. Uh, but it's neat to see how the small gaming community can can be so connected uh, and still reach large audiences. I think that's just one of the coolest things about our medium for sure. All right, man, let's get into some gaming news. Plenty to talk about. We are on the eve of E3 week. Oh, my goodness. I am thrilled by uh, how coverage is being handled in 2021. I was, I think, really excited at the time in 2020 with how we would have a long, a long process of releases, a lot of gaming news over over a couple months time. And at the time, I was thrilled by that. Oh, I was exhausted and burned out by the end of it for sure. So I am so glad that Summer Game Fest and E3, which I tend to use synonymously as just knowing it as E3 yep. for this coming week. I just call it E3 week. Uh, but Summer Game Fest as well included in here. We've got the schedule in front of us. And while we won't go through everything, uh, there's a lot to break down and just what we may be able to expect, what we're looking forward to. Uh, officially, I believe we're, we're looking at things starting around June 12th yep. with Ubisoft and Gearbox for the life of me, Matt. I have no idea why Gearbox would have a show. Yeah, um, that's a that's a puzzling one. Maybe they should be shoving it in with another expo. Maybe uh, they should. Take two is on June 14th. Why not just throw that in there? You know, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> So it goes. But Ubisoft, of course, getting us started this year. EA Play in July, so not starting off E3. A little bit of a change there for sure. But Ubisoft, lots of things they could announce from Splinter Cell to Ghost Recon uh, as our pie in the sky stuff, all the way down to what you're likely to see with, with more of Far Cry 6. Uh, when you look at the Ubisoft conference, what they've got on their slate, what we know and don't know, what comes to your mind? I'm interested to see what... So one of my bigger predictions or pie in the sky pieces is Ubisoft goes through their entire conference. We get a Rainbow Six Quarantine rebranding. <laughs> mm-hmm. Of course. Absolutely. Scratch that. And we we get some gameplay coverage as well as like, you know, they'll do the multiplayer co-op where everyone sounds amazing and they're being super serious about it. I'm mm-hmm. excited to see what that game looks like. I hope it doesn't trip over uh, 
what the division has created and built. I also Mm -hmm. want to see more from the division because I think that's a world that they can definitely build upon. They have, but they could expand even further. I'm just interested to see what they end up doing with quarantine. On top of that, I'd really love to know what Ubisoft is going to do with any type of work with uh, Xbox and see if we can get Ubisoft uh, Plus in there with uh, Xbox and Game Pass. So I think that one of the biggest things that I'd be excited for, and it is one of my pie-in-the-sky dreams, is that either at the Ubisoft Forward event, we are going to have them announce it, but I would lean on Xbox, and we'll go into this in a little bit, but I would love to see the uh, partnership of Ubisoft Plus on Xbox Game Pass. I don't think Ubi would take that front. I think Xbox would be likely to do it, but specifically on the gaming side watchdogs legion their new look what it's the i mean they have the zombie expansion coming i so in my mind i want to call it legion of the dead and okay. i think it's going to pc but yeah talk yeah. about that i do want to see what that is all about i'm primarily on my xbox itself yeah they are in beta test right now for that on the pc side I'm curious to see what that is because Watch Dogs Legion is a game that I skipped out on and I've been really? so tempted to pick it up like almost every month where I'm like, okay, I'm going to grab it. I'm going to grab it. It just scares me with how daunting another open world UB game is. Sure. Um, but that is one with the zombies that I'd be interested to see. And the last one is obviously they're going to show off like the crew too. Um, and I always enjoy racing games, mostly Forza on the Xbox side. But the crew, too, if they can try to nail that kind of open world, live, living, breathing world where you can actually swap out of different vehicles, that one I'd be interested in, too. There's a lot to love. And I love how Ubisoft, the only thing that turns me off sometimes is just if their titles tend to lean kind of too similar from Watch Dogs to The Division to uh, possibly even Rainbow Six Quarantine, what that would be. But... The other one is just Splinter Cell. Let's Do go. you mean the Crew Three? I'm sorry. Yes, the Crew Three. Okay. Well, I was making sure there wasn't like an expansion that I missed or anything in that in that particular uh, front. No. There, I am curious to know if they're going to be pulling you know the Crew Three out. I wondered just how successful the Crew Two was. You know, because I also love Forza, but next to Forza Horizon, the Crew fell by the wayside. Totally, hundred you know? percent. What about you? Man- You've got a lot. Oh, you've got a lot to break down in those thoughts. I, addressing Watch Dogs Legion, that game got infinitely better as it, it was released. Like many of the games that have released in the last few years, its launch state is very different than its current state. Uh, and I really like Watch Dogs Legion. That was among my favorite games of 2020. Uh, certainly a great download if you can snag it now on sale you will be well worth your time if you snag it for 30 40 bucks uh, a lot of content there they're doing a lot of fan servicey things as ubisoft is known to do um, from aiden pierce to, to different types of expansions that they bring to their games uh, i'm really excited for what Watch Dogs legion could bring uh, to the table i'm very excited for aiden pierce to return i was pleasantly surprised with the simplicity of its complex open world. And I realize that might mm. sound a little bit uh, like an oxymoron, but really and truly it was very manageable, very manageable. And there was a, a lot of ways to tackle problems. And I played the game like a spy game. Others okay. may have played it like a hacking game. Other, others may have played it like a shooter and the game allows you to do that. So, so if you are nervous about that and you see it on sale, uh, I would say, give it a go for sure. 
I okay, so really that, like that, Legion. That does have me excited because, like I said, the Ubisoft games are, for me, they're always the titles. I'm like, I just, I want them. I want to try all of them, but mm-hmm. I get overwhelmed sometimes by how large it is mm-hmm. and that there is some overlap, obviously, of like, go here, go fetch all of these side quests and Certainly. talk to guy X and then go back to your location or drive to ABC. And it, it throws me off. And Watch Dogs games, like Watch Dogs 1 had its flaws. I really enjoyed 2. And yeah, Legion, if you're telling me that it is a more manageable game in terms mm-hmm. of the world, um, and yeah, I can play it how I want to play it, then yeah, I think I will pick it up because for like it is right now, it's with E3 coming, it's like 30 bucks. Yeah. and get the whole thing and to see if they're going to expand on the world so i don't know what do you think that they're going to do with watchdogs legion do you think it's going to be pushing just the zombie mode expansion on pc or do you think that they're going to be bringing more with that game well they have the aiden pierce dlc which will tie the first and third games together uh i be- they had references to the second game that i didn't play much myself um i think bringing the the zombie elements to console will be the next priority. And from there, they'll probably evaluate what it is they want to do. They did themselves a disservice. And I mean, Ubisoft as a whole, when they released watchdogs, Assassin's Creed Valhalla and immortals all next to each other. Yeah. And spreading that out would have been, I think a far wiser choice. Having one of those three games launched this February would have been just incredible. And maybe that was their plan with far cry six. It was a bad plan. Far cry six should always have been this holiday. Cause goodness, that gameplay looks gorgeous and ready to go. Um, for watchdogs. I think we know the content map and I doubt they go beyond the zombie expansion and the Aiden Pierce stuff. Uh, I'm curious to know what else they'll show. Because they're very good at bringing live service elements to their games. Uh, I know we're going to see, goodness, the spiritual sequel to Steep, which the name embarrassingly escapes me right now. Um, Oh, shoot. Yeah. Riders Republic. Riders Republic. That's what it is. Goodness gracious. Uh, Riders Republic. And I'm just wondering what types of surprises they may have in store. Everybody wants Splinter Cell at this point. And it's becoming uh, something where we're all going to say it. We're all going to say it and be disappointed once we get it uh, because it won't live up to an expectation. But uh, I think at some point they've got to get Sam Fisher out of the mobile space and into a, a proper triple a experience, particularly because the voice actor is, is aging uh, to say the least. I mean, they had him on inside Xbox uh, last year, I believe. And, it, and he didn't look, he didn't look spry. So mm. uh, let's, let's make it happen. If we're going to make it happen. Beyond that, I'm I'm hopeful for a Ghost Recon game, uh, and I don't mean one like Breakpoint. I mean uh, Advanced Warfighter esque, Future Soldier esque. That would be lovely to see. Um, but then beyond that, I think you get a service type announcement where you see them partnering with Game Pass or or doing something where their games regularly feature in Game Pass. Some people, Matt, have floated the idea of exclusivity. Games are going to come day and date to Game Pass every mm. time. Exclusive. That's ludicrous. Ubisoft has uh, yeah. a reputation of releasing games on every platform Everything. from the Wii U day one. Yep. <laughs> all these other places. So I don't see that happen. I don't either. I just see that if they, so Splinter Cell would be the, I'm craving for that. Uh, I would like a proper Sam Fisher Splinter Cell game ready to go in a year to two years from now. Hopefully they would have something to announce uh, mm-hmm. and to be able to show off to some degree. I would then love Xbox, like I said earlier, Xbox to turn around when it is their time on their showcase to say Ubisoft Plus is available on Game Pass and we are bringing you the Splinter Cell collection. 
you know, after they have Ubisoft has had their time to shine and showcase that just to get fans excited uh, for that game and bring them back into that world. I can see something like that. And I agree with you. I don't think that uh, Ubi would go and say, okay, we're day and date on Game Pass. It's going to be on everything. It has to be. Well, the next day, Sunday, June thirteenth, that is my day. Now, I'm telling you, if there was <laughs> Don't ever talk an to you, age, that is right. I mean, I, 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 and many content creators will be, you know, spitting out content uh, on the day live, and then we'll do uh, reactions for any listener here. I'll be uh, on the Twitch stream with Mr. Badbit. We'll be reacting live to the Xbox conference, and then that night, Miles Dompierre will be joining me for XEP. Uh, Matt, this day was built for Luke Lore. We're getting Xbox Bethesda news. We're getting WB Games news, which makes me think Gotham Knights and Suicide Squad. And then we're getting Avengers news, uh, which bring all your hate, listeners. Bring all your hate. Um, The six or seven of us are having a blast in that game. And it's, it's, you know... It's way better than it was when it launched. That's for sure. I'm curious. So to see what Black I is. kind of have the vision of and 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 listeners go through this with me. You imagine that it's the Xbox conference and Luke is sitting on his couch or his chair and he's holding the Master Chief helmet, just just cradling it in his arms and he's rocking back and forth in anticipation right. and nerves as well as what he's going to see. That sounds absolutely correct. I lost it when I saw Halo Infinite gameplay last time. For all the criticisms, I thought the game looked like a great time. Loved the grapple hook, loved the tone that it was trying to strike there. Of course, there were performance issues that were exhaustingly nitpicked, which, for God's sakes, everybody, we need to stop zooming in and examining pixels of games. I saw people people criticizing Horizon Forbidden West, what is one of the most beautiful trailers of all time. People were were mad about something in that. We got to get away from that for sure. But uh, I'll tell you what, man, a 90-minute Xbox conference. We already know that Perfect Dark exists. We already know that, that there are games in development for like Starfield. We know Halo Infinite will be there. But the bigger question marks are what are we going to see from Compulsion? Is Coalition going to announce anything? Hmm. What else from these studios uh, is going to happen? Xbox-wise, for that that 90-minute Bethesda showcase with Xbox, what is it you're looking forward to uh, off the top of your head? A couple of things. I made some notes here. One, I mean, 90 minutes is an amazing amount of time. It's, it goes fast, but... It's so it allows them to do so much um, from the Xbox side to the Bethesda side. I think that they're going to make a they're going to beat everyone over the head in a good way of Game Pass. Mm-hmm. This is their time that they have built up enough equity and enough with their audience that people are becoming aware much more. And I say a larger audience, uh, your casual fans, families, things like that to get them more and more aware of Game Pass and the value of Game Pass. Mm -hmm. So I think that in every game, obviously you're going to see that day and date on Game Pass, coming to Game Pass, et cetera. The Mm -hmm. things that excite me from the Microsoft side are some of its quality of life to see what new titles they might be bringing into Game Pass. Um, I think we'll get some big sizzle reel of, you know, everything from EA Play built into Game Pass Ultimate to the features and the updates they've done. Uh, just to showcase it a little bit more, I'd like to see on the Game Pass side that they actually do a they announce and reveal more of a family plan for the mm-hmm. subscription service mm-hmm. because I think that's one thing that's lacking if they're trying to tackle into kind of the family friendly market. Uh, right. They have some titles on their store, but I'd like to see them release more on the Game Pass side. And I'm talking for a very a much younger audience because we have one account. 
And if you're a family with multiple kids and everyone's got a box or their PC and they're touting Game Pass, I think that it's a perfect time to come out and say, like Apple, where you go, hey, here's your family plan. And it's 30, 40 bucks a month Mm -hmm. uh, for Game Pass Ultimate Family. And you're going to, yeah, you'll get five accounts. And then the parents can manage the whole thing because Xbox is also very much uh, touting and they've they've pushed out marketing campaigns too, even recently of like, here are all the the family uh, tools that we've launched on the Game Pass app for security and privacy and Mm -hmm. downloading games, et cetera. So that's a big piece of what they like to do, at least on the Game Pass side. That's what I'd like to see. When it comes to the overall conference, yeah, uh, Gotham Knights, huge. We'll talk about that probably a little bit more. Uh, Halo, I think that I wanted to ask you, do you think that they would lead with Halo or do you think that they are going to close things for the conference with Halo? I think, I mean, six of one, half dozen the other, ask yeah. me at a different time, I'll, I'll give you a different answer. But uh, in my mind, the best thing to do is to open with Halo mm-hmm. and reintroduce that game properly. I think a lot of people have a lot of good and bad vibes, uh, deservedly so for, for several reasons about halo infinite and they now need to show everyone why this game was delayed a year what was the reason uh you know rumor mill will will do what it does but uh, in my mind they need two introductions they need to introduce multiplayer they need to introduce single player show people uh, a bit more single player gameplay so that you don't see the trees popping in a bit more of a refined experience uh and then highlight that multiplayer that multiplayer is going to be free to play that's going to be the draw for a lot of people not everybody's a lore buff like myself uh pun intended and i am very much looking forward to finding out how they go about reintroducing this will it launch the show uh i think it should and then from there uh, they escalate and de-escalate accordingly throughout the show because you want an ebb and flow you can't be on the rise the entire 90 minutes that's too much it's just too too much and uh, trying to outdo yourself every two seconds is, is and difficult. You, and you can't do a Halo and Starfield back-to-back. You've got right. to kind of bookend those titles, I think, one way right. or the other. I agree with you. I think that you need to really capture, recapture fans and bring in new fans to the platform if they're looking at Halo specifically. Here is the campaign piece, whatever that mm-hmm. looks like. If it's embedded in the multiplayer, I don't know. Half a, Part of me feels that Halo is not going to be Halo Infinite is not going to be necessarily a tried and true Halo campaign experience that we've known. I feel that it will be brought into the multiplayer in some Mm -hmm. capacity where it is going to be going from like you can just go and (laughs) travel and go to this world to this and all of that. Like Destiny? Destiny Yeah, and doing more of that approach, but beefed up with Halo. Um, I think that I agree with you. I think the multiplayer is massive. And they need to explain to you and show you why this is the reason why you need to come over to Xbox for this multiplayer experience that we're expanding this world, that you have all this freedom, show off your weapons, show off the world itself. But like you said, it's like, I don't need you panning across the trees. Um, Mm -hmm. I, I need real gameplay and that hard sell. Why this is the biggest title coming into the fall, because I felt that Xbox has done so much over the last two years, let's say, of building Game Pass and launching the console and building all these titles and the acquisition with Bethesda and all of this stuff leading to now where they were supposed to have Halo last year and it wasn't Mm -hmm. ready. It's on my Series X box. Like, you know, Master Chief is standing there. He was ready to go in Mm -hmm. their mind, the marketing mind. I feel that now you have to really sell Halo 
And that starts the domino effect of Xbox. Because like you, I'm, I am the most excited about Xbox for this year because of what it will mean two, three years down the road. Mm-hmm. And I think that, yeah, Halo, they want everyone out of their way. This is the main game that will keep players coming back for years. And it will then snowball into like, here's the next game from Xbox and the next and the next. And you get those Bethesda tiles and you get Starfield and all of that. One thing I absolutely want to see is at the end of their show, after they've taken us through their 90 minutes of of games where I'm sure we'll see more about, you know, the ascent and uh, some of the games that are coming out this year, scoring and, and the smaller games. After that, when everything is said and done after Starfield, what I would like is a three to five second clip of just names popping up on the screen that remind gamers, Xbox gamers specifically, what they get for being in the ecosystem. They remind people what they've already announced. It pops up Fable, Perfect Dark, Elder Scrolls, Starfield, Outer Worlds, Avowed, Grounded, Forza, and Indiana Jones. And it just Mm -hmm. keeps going and shows everybody what the future of Xbox is set to bring. Uh, I think that would be a very wise choice uh, for them to do because over the past year and a half to two years, they have announced quite a few games that people were asking for Fable and, um, oh my gosh, uh, Fable and Perfect Dark being at the top of my mind. The problem is they're so sparsed out that people tend to forget just how much goodness is set to come. Yep. Uh, and it is a great Sony tactic, something they did very well. I'm thinking back to the 2016 E3 where Sony promised the world and none of it was coming out soon. Uh, they they eventually delivered on all those promises. But it's the three year, four years away of like right. this is what we're going to get. And you're like, whoo, okay, it looks good, but we're not getting anything now. Right. And and Microsoft needs to take a, a page from that book, not copy the playbook, because they do need to talk about why you should get one now. Strike while the iron's hot. Don't let it re- rest just on Halo. But promise people what they're getting into the future, two, three, four years from now, because Game Pass is their mechanism to deliver uh, a number of, of experiences across a number of places. Uh, this summer, we're looking at Flight Simulator and, and a few other smaller experiences in the Ascent. But show people what you're what you're doing long term big and small agreed and i think you you you're kicking that off with halo but it is looking at that to then maybe the announce i mean starfield yes um doom title coming down the road forza i want to see i want to see what they're going to do with that and like you said i want i want that end of the conference to go that sizzle reel and all of those tiles of boom, 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 boom. Here are mm-hmm. the 15, 20 titles exclusive to Game Pass on top of the library, on top of what we have in EA Play, on top of just everything. And you're going, mm-hmm. my goodness, there are so many games and hopefully not all of it is going to be and you can get experience this in 2023. Mm-hmm. I would, I, I feel as a fan of Xbox and the ecosystem, I need those first party titles. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big ones i i'm looking for halo and forza and starfield and those types of games that it's all the first party stuff to really be able to showcase and be like hey this is why I come over to xbox however i do think that we would see phil spencer on stage like you said talking about the future of xbox or certainly more to the point i think he'll be saying here's the future of game pass yeah you're you're exactly right could not agree more and uh it's it's 
to me, that's it's awesome that we get this 90 minute show, which is probably going to be a healthy mix of Bethesda and Xbox Game Studios, though that umbrella extends around all of them now. Uh, and really helping us understand what their vision is for having Bethesda along with them, because they are very smart and wise to keep the Bethesda name in everything yep. uh, for probably the foreseeable future, without a doubt. After that 90-minute showcase where we'll see games big and small, then you've got Square Enix Presents, which most Square Enix titles at this point are PlayStation exclusive. PlayStation is doing a very good job at tying up content there. Uh, Babylon's Fall comes to mind, but Square Enix has a few other things uh, that are multi-platform, Life is Strange, Outriders, uh, and the one that I think you and I are probably most poised to talk about, the War for Wakanda expansion for Marvel's Avengers, which a lot of people may roll their eyes, and understandably so, but this is potentially their Taken King. This is something that they are looking to help relaunch the game. Uh, there have been a number of quality of life improvements for that yep. title. I yep. mean, the game looks great on Series S and X. Uh, it plays far better than it once did. Uh, there's a lot more to do in the game. But I think a lot of the gameplay criticisms are still there. And, and uh, I will certainly not dissuade anybody from those criticisms. Uh, except to say that War for Wakanda offers some promising content of both Black Panther and another hero too, uh, along with some good villain things there. I'm curious how the Square Enix Presents showcase decides to focus content. Uh, when you look at the slate, is it War for Wakanda that's bringing you in? Is it Life is Strange? Do you care about Outriders? What else is on your mind? Outriders, I, it's interesting. Outriders, I fell off of very quickly. I enjoyed it. I thought, mm -hmm. like most of us said, the story element, I do not care. It was a put on a podcast and play this game. So I feel like it had its moment, grabbed a huge amount of audience, mm -hmm. uh, especially with it being day and day in Game Pass. That really elevated that game. It's great. I just I don't have much desire to go back to that title right now, only because I feel like I'm getting I'm getting pulled into different directions and things I'm mm -hmm. more excited for, like even Ratchet and Clank uh, coming out soon. Sure. <laughs> so I am. I'm kind of moved on from it, which is unfortunate for a game like that. But again, I think that that title got way more success because of the help of Game Pass and the exposure and that it was a good game. The mechanics were there and it's a solid mm -hmm. game. So it got more eyeballs. I think they'll showcase more of a expansion DLC content, uh, some more quality of life improvements. The biggest thing, if you're looking at the Marvel's Avengers side, because I cover this almost weekly <laughs> at this point, mm -hmm. trying to dissect it. The big takeaway I have for the War for Wakanda is that it is touted as an expansion. It is not a DLC. Mm -hmm. We've had DLC. We've had Kate Bishop DLC. And we've had the Hawkeye DLC. The War for Wakanda is an expansion. My only hope, because it could be just a bigger DLC, right? It could just mm -hmm. be a couple hours longer. Uh, I hope not. But I feel that because they are they have focused on this for so long, we got a tiny little teaser trailer months ago. I'm hopeful that this is an actual tried and true expansion, a, a move into 2.0. What I mean is that we are getting those. Yes, we've had those quality of life pieces. We have seen this game get updated month after month. And even the community managers and people, when they do their weekly posts on Twitch and on the forums, they even say, hey, we're not going to get a giant patch to redo the, you know, the gear you're going to get smaller bite-sized patch updates that are going to rework this game. And yep. it is in a different state than when it launched. We're not doing a minute and a half elevator rides. No. You know, now we're on, I'm on my PS5 and it's seconds. It's great in that regard. It's hollow in terms of 
my replayability and content now that I've maxed my character, but I hope that War for Wakanda, it will showcase Black Panther in a great way. I hope that it's a lush, vibrant, bright environment. Mm-hmm. We get new enemy types and it kickstarts them into the next kind of chapter for this game, I hope. But I can also see it, Luke, where they go and I get three minutes of this title with a little bit of gameplay put in there. They're going to highlight a few key pieces of what the War for Wakanda will bring us. But then it's going to be, okay, so when I finish that, now what? Yep. And so I am also very nervous that, yeah, it's going to be a bigger DLC. But I'm saying positive. I think it's going to be an expansion. And we get into the next phase of this because they still have Spider-Man looming at some point in their lives. Mm-hmm. And whether that comes or doesn't, I think it will. But I think they're going to look at Wakanda and see how it takes and how many more fans they can bring back to this game. Um, but they really need to sell this thing as to why you need to come back into this world. Certainly. No AAA game was released and then suffered the effects of, of COVID and pandemic and uh, work before our eyes than Avengers. Now, I'm sure other games did, but they were more privately. Like We watched Avengers launch, and then all the things that were set to be a month or two months, three months out got pushed and pushed because it takes so long to download work builds, uh, and their pipeline was not set up for it. So I'm hopeful that they're able to recover. I know that team is exhausted because they get a lot of negativity, uh, understandably in some cases, not in others. Uh, and I hope they have a good showing for sure. But it is it is that presentation, it is the Xbox presentation, and then wherever WB slots in, mm-hmm. because Gotham Knights yes. is, oh my, Arkham Knight is my favorite game of last generation. Again, not the best, but my favorite. I absolutely adore the Arkham series. I want so badly to see what Gotham Knights has to offer. And I feel like they should be throwing me a little love by doing an Arkham Origins remaster for this holiday, but whatever. Yes, please. Uh, I could not be more excited to see where Arkham Knights has gone uh, in the time since we last saw it, because it looked fairly complete, at least in the slice that we saw. What is it you think we're going to see? Villains? Are you thinking we're going to find out who the main villains truly are in this game? I think it would be... I think no, because I think they go with what the other Arkham games have done where there is a twist. Um, and I, Arkham is it Origins really did Jason this. Todd again. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think they do almost like Arkham Origins, right? Mm-hmm. We, we had a twist right there where you thought it was one and then goes the other way. Mm-hmm. And I love it for that. So no, I don't think that they show their hand necessarily. I think they would show off villains mm-hmm. because we have multiple characters that seemingly I can toggle between, or I'm going to be switching through throughout the game uh, or, teaming up it just looks so good look i'm just so excited for it but mm-hmm. i think that they would want to showcase some of the villains you need a recognizable name in the batman lore to to throw on the screen that people can identify uh you don't want to go with a villain that is lesser known you can sprinkle them in so i do think that we would get some sort of villain reveal maybe it's like the first one that you take on maybe it's two-face or something like that mm-hmm. i don't need joker i need a break uh, we've had that through the Arkham trilogy mm-hmm. uh, and as amazing as it is, if it's not, well, I shouldn't say if it's not Mark Hamill because uh, we've had other voice actors do a really good job with the Joker, but I just feel the character needs a break. Mm-hmm. You need to sunset him for a bit so people can get more excited and be able to build up other villains. The world itself. I agree. We've had over a year of the, de- we've had a year of the delay. I need to see a little bit more. We saw that gameplay originally, right? And it looked good. I was ready to play that thing the next week. 
I'm sure it needed a lot more work on their end, but I was excited to get going to see what they could do from a multiplayer standpoint where I can do co-op. I can switch between characters. I hope we get some villains. I hope that we get a little bit more of the story itself. We saw Mm -hmm. that gameplay reveal and it was fantastic. Now talk to me about the story that I'm going to be getting in this. And yeah, maybe a little bit on the villain side, but to your earlier point of a remaster, I also hope that from the WB side and Xbox, they turn around and I've been, I've been poking Phil Spencer online on Twitter. Not that he cares. Mm -hmm. I've been poking Xbox team. Not that they care, but every couple of weeks I'm like, Hey, where's my, where's my Arkham trilogy in uh, the new uh, updates for series X. Can I get that nice little XS mark please Mm -hmm. on Mm -hmm. my console? Because I want that trilogy. I want Arkham origin. I want all of those Batman games re-released or pushed out again on game pass after the E3 weekend. Talk about, Gotham Knights hype that game up now re-release that whole trilogy on Game Pass with all of the next gen updates give me that 60 FPS give me the 4k give me the ray tracing bring me back into that world so I can get excited for that game to come out maybe in the fall what do you think I'm all what you're saying sounds good I just don't know what's going to happen and I wonder what the discover acquisition of WB means I wonder what it how the the potential shopping around of the W games factors into that or future current releases. We know that Gotham Knights has a marketing deal with PlayStation, uh, which in my mind was a missed opportunity for Xbox. I think they should have shelled out for that one because you don't want gamers associating both Batman and Spider-Man with the PlayStation universe. I agree. Um, I think, as I've said many times on this show, I don't like when major properties like that, that should belong to everybody, are exclusive. I wouldn't want them exclusive to Xbox either. Uh, I would like them everywhere. That said, uh, I I think we need to remind people that this is not an Arkhamverse game, though the gameplay looks to be suggestive of that, meaning that they can go anywhere they like with the story. The the Arkham uh, quadrilogy, trilogy, depending on, on your perspective there, uh, is going to be extended into the Suicide Squad universe, which is all the more weird. Um, yeah, I'm, that's... I'm, I've got to feel like Batman's helping the Suicide Squad take down an evil Superman in that universe. I feel like that's got to be it. I think that's I think that's what Suicide Squad's premise is. Um, but with with Gotham Knights, I mean, I want to see how they're going to be handling co-op combat, how they're going to be handling uh, crossplay, if at all. And I would extend that same thing to Avengers. I want to know how they're handling crossplay. Um, there's a, there's a lot to break down there. What I hope doesn't happen is that one platform gets more content than the other. That's for sure. Same. And I agree with you that I don't like when one a property like a Spider-Man or Batman is associated with it's on PlayStation. Spider-Man, PlayStation, I mean, good for them, but it's not great for gamers right? Uh, that that may not be able to get take advantage of that or play on that console. And same thing with Batman. However, I think that if you were Xbox, if you were Microsoft, I do look at it as a missed opportunity where they should have, like you said, they should have dished out more coin to be able mm-hmm. to get a little bit more. um mind share of batman on xbox mm-hmm. doesn't mean it's exclusive let's just like i said put that quadrilogy put that on make it recognizable on xbox certainly that will help for them for microsoft uh, to be able to boost that more and like you said with gotham knights i, I want to see how each character is going to play and feel different than each other show me the weapons the gadgets how are they moving how is their combat but how is it different from each other uh, not just like, oh, they got one extra move or they got two extra gadgets. I, I really hope that they do feel a lot different from each other. 
Absolutely. Nightwing should not feel like Batgirl, nor nor Jason Todd, nor anybody else. It'll, it'll be very... I, I'm excited for, for those gameplay perspectives and, and options there. But, uh, of course, Gotham Knight is not likely to be the only thing there. We'll probably see Back for Blood. We may see uh, more coming from them and 24 Entertainment. I just want to know... Uh, what WB's plans are going forward and how they do handle this, this merger, this acquisition. If I can know what's in the short term, I'll be a bit more comfortable with how they handle the long term, to say the least. We have later on in that same June 13th day, the PC gaming and future game show uh, showcase, which I'm sure we won't cover too much there, but you have to expect you'll see kind of more from Ubisoft and WB and Square Enix kind of just popping up into those other shows. Yep. June 14th, that Monday, that's the Take-Two and Capcom uh, showcases along with some indie stuff as well. Take two, an interesting one. We've heard about this bully reboot, Capcom. People are talking about Dino Crisis and Dragon's Dogma, maybe Street Fighter Six. I have no clue really what's to offer here. I know that with Take Two, I'll probably see Grand Theft Auto Five again, and um, <laughs> I do not care. But I am so yeah. happy for those of you that do. I'm really, truly, like I, I mean that sincerely. Happy for those of you that care. I'm tired of Grand Theft Auto Five. Are you? <laughs> yes, yeah, I I am too. I love it. I love that people love that game. Same thing. Like yeah. I'll hop into it when we got some updates. But yeah, I, I don't need much more than that. The Capcom one, similar. I I am I love fighting games to a degree, but I'm very casual with it. And yeah, new Street Fighter, sure. Like let's do it. Um, but I don't. For me, for the games I'm playing, yeah, Capcom isn't blowing my my mind uh with anything huge right now new street fighter great yeah i'm all for it capcom nailed it with resident evil 8 i really loved mm. village really did um we know resident evil 4 remake well we don't know let me rephrase that we have strong inclinations that resident evil 4 remake is on the way uh, in some way shape or form and i'm glad if we know if we find out more that's that's awesome uh, i think maybe they show some new content for village that's coming out or things they've got in the pipeline and roadmaps um because at this point, people, I say people, uh, studios have been very steadfast now into their rhythms for pandemic production. Mm -hmm. And so they should have more accurate roadmaps than they would have a year ago. Like they should know what they're capable of doing, not capable of doing. Uh, I'm curious to know what types of expansions will happen. Capcom is just this weird question mark. They've got IP that I care about. They've not done much with any of them outside of Resident Evil. Uh, in the past few years again street fighter 6 is something i would love to see happen provided it's not exclusive to anyone uh, i think that really hurt street fighter 5 moreover mm -hmm. i want to know you know dragon's dogma dino crisis are these games coming back you know people always pie in the sky at uh, will we see anything from that this year uh, really this this entire showcase this year's e3 is going to show us what we can look forward to in this now current gen. What is your PlayStation 5? What is your Xbox Series S or X going to bring you experience-wise? Because last year it was it was a lot of question marks, right? Pandemic yeah. aside, we, launch games are not nearly the same uh, as what you get two, three years out from a console. Moreover, we're seeing a lot of cross-gen stuff, and I could care less about the believe in generations argument from Sony or anything else. I love that more people get to play more games. And uh, I just want to see what we're doing with these now current gen consoles. And I think I wonder, I wanted to ask you, do you feel that with the pandemic, not over by any means, and but we're seeing 
improvements and some sense of normalcy in different countries, do you feel that the production on and development on certain games, whether it is Capcom or anybody else, do you think that if they've kind of planned a, let's say, Dino Crisis during kind of COVID era, where, well, we got to do a lot of remote work, we have a longer roadmap for this game because we just don't know where we're going to be. If things start to normalize a little bit more and people can physically go back to work and all of that, do you think that we see a bunch of titles get kind of pushed up? Or do you think that they would almost look at it as an opportunity to say, hey, we can let these games breathe. Like we can develop a little bit longer, Mm -hmm. uh, even if we're back in. What do you think? I think that provide in most cases, it'll be the latter where they'll take their time and and put things out uh, at a later date and allow themselves the freedom to make the best quality product. I think Halo Infinite's reveal, I think Cyberpunk's release, uh, Marvel's Avengers release have really showed people that releasing a game that is not content complete or that is bug ridden is bad news bears. It does more to hurt your brand than make your fiscal year in the short term. I think investors are starting to learn that lesson as well. Um, and while we do exist now in an age where you can release a broken game and then fix it over time, we've got great examples of, of that happening. Sea of Thieves, Destinies 1 and 2. Uh, there's a lot to be said for taking your time and releasing a better product that will have longer legs going forward. So I think the pandemic is a built-in... I don't know if the excuse is the right word, and I don't, I don't mean to sa- sound uh, arbitrary when I say it, but it's a built-in excuse to take your time where you might need it. We're seeing major games like Halo Infinite and God of War get delayed. Gotham Knights got delayed. And they should, you know, like take your time. God of War is a masterpiece. It's the best game ever made in my mind. It was delayed multiple times. Arkham Knight is my favorite game of, of, of last gen. That was delayed multiple times. That's okay. I think studios should be forgiven for delaying things. And really and truly, Matt, more and more on my timeline, I see forgiveness for delaying games. So my for hope sure. is that we we continue to allow that. And I think games will get better post-pandemic for a lot of reasons. But there were a lot of lessons learned around this console's launch and the, the, the recent game launches of the past year. Yeah, and I think Cyberpunk is one of those giant examples, right? Mm-hmm. Years of development, still not ready still being worked on to this day and trying to recapture that market share and the goodwill and the trust ultimately of players cross platforms Mm -hmm. and fans i think in large part are much more willing to say yeah take your time you need you need to delay a game no problem i want the better product if it's not ready it's not ready Uh, versus rushing it out and then asking for hey please trust us i know you bought you bought it Please trust us. I only hesitate and I only worry that they, if it's a Game Pass title or comes to Game Pass, that some developers could think of, I know nobody wants to put out a bad product. It's no one's intention. However, if a game is identified as needing more development, need more time, but we got to hit these release dates, they put it out, it's on Game Pass, and then they can start patching and patching and duct tape the thing. My only Mm -hmm. worry there is that some developers look at it and say, well, we can put this out. It's going to be on Game Pass. We'll get huge spikes in our numbers and we can always fix it as we go. I think that'll probably always be there to some degree. Sure. Uh, because games are just, they're online now. Uh, it's not the final product anymore to say that, you know, and if we I get this note, game, this is it. We should note Cyberpunk made bank even after their refunds. Yeah. 
Yeah. It's the mindshare damage that, that is going to do them a disservice in the coming years. But at launch, they, they made a ton of money on that game. And Cyberpunk is so interesting to me because I'm like the hype and the amount of people like obviously s- streaming that game when it came out and then just it, all the news and the backlash and then poof, like it just dis- for me, it just disappeared from my timeline. No, everyone moved on after three, four weeks because mm-hmm. we got all those apologies and yada, yada. Anyways, it's just my point is, is that I would worry that on one hand, yeah, developers push a game out of Game Pass, but I think for the most part, they are taking their time, rightfully so, and they should, and we see better quality games coming out that speak to everybody, right? And Agreed. ultimately, we just want good games. All right, guys, let's get to listener mail. We've got plenty of you writing in this past week, and I am so thankful to all of you. Remember, you can write in on Twitter at InsipidGhost. Just tweet me there in response to the show's uh, announcement, or you can email me, insipidghost at gmail.com. Matt, we've got plenty to get through. Our first question comes from Mr. Famous Seamus himself, uh, and he says, what was your favorite E3 reveal? Now I'm going to give you a moment to think for yeah. sure. Uh, cause I know that can be tough. Uh, it's hard for me, Seamus, to not think back to E3 2019 where Sean Capri and I got to be at E3. That is the best three days of my life. I know I've talked about that before. Um, seeing Sarah Bond on stage talking about Game Pass Ultimate as a service and what that was going to bring going forward was incredible. Uh, there were games announced in there for Game Pass that I was happy about. Metro Exodus stands out. I know that seems silly, but it was the moment and the feeling and the vibe of the room. And then to be to have Keanu Reeves come out on stage after the fact was just this euphoric moment. And so uh, I hope you'll forgive the cheat, but it just felt amazing to be there in the room. It's something I've never experienced before. Um, I hope one day, you know, I can be back on Xbox's radar to return to E3 in person. That was just a, it was a joy and a privilege to be there uh, for that. So Seamus, that's my answer for you. Matt, anything come to mind? I think of bad things. Oh <laughs> no. I also think it, no, 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 but I won't. I, I, I think of the, um, well, the one negative that always stands out on my mind is the original uh, Xbox One reveal conference. Call of Duty, Call of Duty. TV, 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 TV. Well, we're going on Halo show TV. Uh, but no, I, the pieces that it's hard because there's no, there's not usually like one thing. Console releases or reveals are always wow. Um, PS4 stood out to me as a memorable moment because of the reveal or the approach that Xbox took at the time where mm-hmm. it was tv tv and playstation went the other way and focused so hard on gamers and made it easier for developers to develop on their platform and it was just here's what we're doing and it was just bang 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 that conference really stood out to me as just wow i need a playstation 4 the title one of the titles that stands out to me as being very memorable is seeing like uncharted 2 mm-hmm. because i adore that game I don't know how many times I've beaten it over the years and replayed it. Mm-hmm. I just remember seeing, because Uncharted 1 was quieter. It wasn't the Uncharted games we know. But Uncharted 2 took it to a new level. And seeing uh, Nathan Drake on that train and hanging down and climbing up and seeing it kind of just transition seamlessly into gameplay and you're moving around, it just blew my mind of how awesome that game looked. And 
yeah, just something like Uncharted really stands out to me. Same with The Last of Us. And yes, they're both Naughty Dog. But seeing The Last of Us 1 being revealed, mm-hmm. what that game looked like, and same idea where it was graphically on another level and how you were interacting with zombies and Ellie. And what I loved even in the, I'm shifting a bit, but what I loved in the Last of Us trailer that stood out to me originally was they, I remember them being inside of like a hotel or in one of the rooms and they crouched down behind uh, like a couch together and Ellie like ran off to go do something. And then Joel went the other way and then they kind of worked together and he smashed them in the head. One of the guards with a bottle. It was just so cool. I was like, what is this game? It was doing so much in such a short amount of time. So there's always huge moments. But for me, those are the type of games that I love uh, that are really story driven. And yeah, I'd say probably Uncharted 2 and Last of Us 1. That's that's awesome. It's funny because I think back it's it, when and this question is asked. I think of the Game Awards for the Series X reveal. Uh, because that was so powerful, mm-hmm. but it's not E3, uh, of course, but it just, it always comes to my mind when I think of big moments. Uh, and I do chuckle at you recalling that, that terrible Xbox one showing, which I think they learned so much from like, it was, it was very painful for Xbox gamers. And it was that show that put me on PlayStation four to start that generation. Yep, um, but I really think we learned a lot from the age of memes and the fact that that got spit out there, TV, 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 and the, we've got a, we've got a console for you. It's called Xbox 360. And that those are powerful lessons learned for Xbox that really paved the way for everything that came last gen, which was great for Xbox. You, we got games with gold. We had two new hardware SKUs um, to correct the VCR issue. We got rid of connect. We had game pass and then game pass ultimate and the acquisition of studios all all lessons learned where they could have bailed on Xbox and they didn't. So I'm appreciative of that for sure. Our next question comes from the winter gamer whom we have activated, Matt. He asks <laughs> us, when do you think the Xbox will, that Xbox will allow you to play your digital games on xCloud versus streaming directly from your consoles? Now, this is for listeners that aren't aware. If you are a Game Pass Ultimate member and you can play games on xCloud, it's from a set catalog that is available in Game Pass. So your games that are not on Game Pass, you cannot stream on xCloud. You can only stream it directly from your box. Matt, any thoughts on when we might see uh, games that are outside of that that umbrella be streamable? I don't know. It's going to be... I think it's going to be constantly evolving because they're going to constantly work on the platform for xCloud. Um, I don't think that we're going to see ever just one you know big shot where games are going to be you know day and date and it's on xCloud. I just think it's going to be something they will chip away at for years to come where it's just a couple of titles more and more and more they want to go in that direction to make sure that it is playable on everything um i don't know right now i just see it as it's kind of at the beginning it's at its infancy and i do think that it's going to be something that is years of work uh to get not that it won't be successful and that more titles won't come to it i think they will do that i just don't think that like game pass in itself people feel like, well, let's just dump more titles on here, more and more and more. And I'm like, yeah, well, then it just becomes junk food and picking up your flavor of the day. I think with xCloud, they'll take their time and we'll, we'll, we'll get there. But it will be years because the technology changes too. Uh, and phones change. <laughs> and right. yeah, they just keep adapting and molding and seeing what works, what doesn't. And even what I would be interested to see is what are the stats on it as it becomes much more mainstream 
how many players are grabbing their phones and playing using xCloud? Right. Um, maybe they don't see it as a huge success or they do uh, in different markets. What are your thoughts? Very much agree with a lot of what you said. I think, Brendan, what will likely happen is the the xCloud catalog will be incrementally increased as they are, are comfortable with it, but the technology is not ready for prime time. Everybody have a go all the time, right? They're consistently adding touch controls to a number of games. Mm-hmm. They work, which is really cool. <laughs> I did not think they would work, but there they are doing, you can play Gears. It's nuts. That said, um, having a curated list that they can control while they perfect the technology is a very wise thing. And Matt, to your point, like state, like small updates is, is the way to go here. Um, take a look at Stadia and what they did right and what they did wrong. Yep. Uh, they Their technology is great. Really and truly it is. But it's just the, the service overall is very weak. xCloud has that built-in excuse of we're in beta, we're working things out, we're working with a curated list, we're trying to make things better. And it genuinely is great to any listener that hasn't had a chance to try it. It really does work quite well. Um, but there, there are things that they need to continue to refine, as it were. So I think it'll be a bit, uh, Brendan. But, I mean, by 2023, I think you, you got a good shot at being able to play just about anything. And I think it's a supporting piece to microsoft and xbox overall mm-hmm. push right it's yeah it's a supporting player supporting cast member in it's all game pass you can play it on x cloud i don't think that they would be kind of center stage taking up a huge amount of time even down the road in a few years of like here's what's available on x cloud i think they will talk about it and cheer for it i just think that it's another to them it's like yeah, it's just another place to play x cloud yeah. play it on your phone pc your box at home your smart tv whatever you if you got a controller let's go and i think that that's really what they're going to do and they they do it incrementally small titles at a time let's get to two more questions here before we bounce out skedaddle wrote in last week and i wasn't able to get to his question he says uh will you be checking out mech warrior 5 mercenaries since it's on game pass and do you think it's sad that microsoft can can't uh, possibly cannot bring back mech assault and for fear of being sued uh skedaddle I have downloaded MechWarrior 5. I have not yet played it. I am interested in the game for sure. Um, I don't actually know the true details on Mech Assault. I know that is a game that they want to work on. I've heard rumblings that they want to work on it. Um, Please don't take that to mean they are or anything like that. I am not an insider. Um, That said, uh, yeah, I've downloaded it. I do want to check it out. It's on my summer game list to play at some point. Uh, Matt, have you checked out MechWarrior? Any interest? I'm the same as you. It's there. It's ready to go. I haven't touched it yet, so no. Yeah, cool, cool, cool. Uh, the next comment comes from Mr. Dano. Now, Dan is the guy that I shouted out last week in kind words. Um, and then he had the audacity to go and just wreck me in Halo 5. It's the it's it's absolutely cruel, um, Dan. So you are not forgiven. He writes in, not with a question, but with a thought, and I am ready to, to pick it apart. He says, I want an X-Men game. I saw and not this. just a Wolverine one, although that last one was fun. The real question is, would you like it modeled after the animation series or more modern? If it ever exists, I just hope it's not one of those. You're a new, new mutant who joins them. Uh, if you saw this one, I'll let you go first, Matt. Take it away. <laughs> so I think, Dan, there are you're going to get this X-Men game. Maybe not the exact one that we all want, because let's be honest, I want animated series, 1990s, X-Men in a game, and I want to I play as all of them. I just, you know, you'll say Marvel Ultimate Alliance, Matt, you can do whatever you want. True, but 
I just want a tried and true X-Men game. I don't know if we are going to get there, but we do have the, the positive is for E3, we have a lot of Marvel games uh, being announced and coming, whether it be on mobile or it's going to be, you know, on console or both. We have Guardians. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have some mobile games that are out there as well, but I know what you mean. I kind of want my X-Men Legends almost, but um, would they ever do something where it's going to be an X-Men? Sure. Maybe it'd be in development. However, like we have the XCOM uh, Marvel game that is leaked out, right? Mm-hmm. That to me could be, Dan, almost your closest thing. Depends on what they try to do with it. I actually did an episode on this last week where That's I was talking episode. about the Marvel and XCOM and what it could mean. And to me, I'm like, well, it's a perfect opportunity to, yeah, bring out X-Men. If you're looking, Dan, for that 90s style animated style well we could get that but just in terms of skins and like you do with marvel ultimate alliance and be able to swap out your costumes i think they would want more of that that XCOM one does have me interested because i think x-men and the universe within the x-men fits very well with that because you can expand into a lot of characters i'd also like to see it for fantastic four uh, and go down that path i don't know if we're ever really going to get that tried and true you know 90s animated series x-men because I think it also puts them in a bit of a box. Not that it would be a bad thing, because the title could be amazing, but I think they always want to see if they can bring out new characters, added content, and expand, expand. I think you, you're you hitting a lot of nails on the head there. Ultimate Alliance 3 is a great showcase for that 90s X-Men yep. vibe, for sure. There's a lot of, of X-Men plot lines in there. A lot of the X-Men are available to you. They had expansions. There's a lot of X-Men love. Uh, and Fantastic Four actually is shown up there pretty well. Um, the the caveat being, right now X Men are not ready for prime time. They are they feel dated and they don't feel relevant. But I remind everybody that prior to the MCU, the Avengers were pretty obscure. Yep. Iron Man was a B class hero. Hulk was even worse. Nobody cared about Black Widow or Hawkeye, and Captain America was kind of silly. Right? Yep. It will times change and there's an ebb and flow and i think x-men will find their way back uh over the next five to to ten years for sure i think the mcu's uh, incorporation with them and the inhumans is on its way i genuinely think the x-men would be great gameplay options for the avengers game but i I feel like we brought that up too much um there's a lot of ways they could go there and as far as aesthetic um i tend to prefer the more realistic versions because we have games like ultimate alliance 3 x-men legends is is the precursor to the ultimate alliance games mm-hmm. um to say the least now in time dano you're gonna get that game that you want in time um and i agree with you i'm, I'm tired of the wolverine saturation um it's, it's all three x-men movies were about wolverine it's like come on get out of it and then his own all of them yep <laughs> yep 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 and i am with you like i i don't think that they can center around one character and i think they need mcu because marvel games marvel is looking to work with more studios which is great to expand mm-hmm. and say let's put marvel properties properly on and get all these developers to try it try and develop x marvel game and i think that we can get away from the idea of a marvel's avengers like it, it's going to be like this that's just square's approach there's so many other studios that can take a crack at it, a different team and do a fantastic four game or an x-men game and I, but I think that they would be looking to see when the MCU on the film side starts really going into that where it's kind of try like we know that we're going to get an X-Men movie because it's just, it's just Prince money 
all the Agreed. time. Right now, I think if you release an X-Men game next year, I think fans will be like, hey, this is cool, but whatever. It doesn't right. have any tie into anything. I think that if you had MCU side going, uh, we are now moving on and we are expanding into the X-Men universe, then fans are going to be clamoring for a game. Very much. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, Todd Oxtra, I know you wrote in with a, a Unreal 5, an AMD question. I just don't know enough about it to truly answer it, so forgive me uh, for now. Uh, that is going to be it for our show. Matt, you have been incredible. Thank you so much for joining me. It was an honor and a pleasure, my friend. Uh, would you once again remind people where they can find your content? Well, thank you for having me because this is awesome. I love the show, and I'm just glad we were able to do this together. YouTube.com slash Assemble Show. Nerdy content on there every week covering things from Marvel's Avengers, WWE games, Xbox, all the latest stuff for E3. Got some Marvel and DC news in there for the movie side, too. So if that's your thing, head over there, youtube.com slash assemble show. Leave a comment. Give it a thumbs up if you enjoy the shows, too. But love to grow the community and talk to you guys. Guys, you can find me on Twitter at InsipidGhost. You can always email me, insipidghost at gmail.com. Follow me on any and all of your podcast services. Leave a rating if that applies. And, of course, youtube.com slash Xbox Expansion Pass. Have a wonderful E3, uh, and we'll catch you later. Thank you.